record. There we go. All right, spiritual treasures. Um, this one was such a, a fun review as we were going back through it. We, <laughs> uh, I don't know, it spent, we took a couple hours uh, today uh, just diving back over this one. There's so much just within the, the first couple of pages here. But um, let's see, where do we even start on it? Let's just kind of start it at the beginning. He starts by um, uh, talking about uh, his his temple session with Wendy and uh, saying to her, I hope the sisters understand the spiritual treasures that are theirs in the temple. And then he goes into his experience there in Harmony, Pennsylvania. And uh, one thing in verse seven there that I found uh, very interesting, it changes it in the text, but he says that everything that happened in harmony has profound implication for your lives. And so I think that that's a, a huge, um, uh, let's see, kind of like assignment or, or whatever, like study what happened in harmony in, in all the different aspects. Uh, specifically, verse 13, it, it invites us to study section 25 of the Doctrine and Covenants, uh, etc. with Emma. But Anyway, what kind of things did, did you guys learn as you were uh, working your way through um, this talk again? Uh, what might have hit you in, in new and profound ways as you were reading this, especially with retrospect? Like, there's a lot of stuff in here that I don't know if I quite got at the time, but I, I totally see uh, the prophetic nature of it now. Can it be anything? Yeah, for sure. Wherever you'd like to go. All right. I'm on page 91, it's 20, uh, 23, so we, does everybody have the book? Okay, so it is, um, I think you can say the verse because I marked them on there, so 23 is I hasten to add, is that your, is that where you're at? Um, the one we, right after that. We, we, we Latter-day Saints are not a world. Um, okay, um, we are, oh, hang on, I think I did it, oh, no, 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 let's go back one to the one before that, sorry, <clears throat> um, it talks about um, your ability, is like in the middle, you, my de but my dear sisters, your ability to discern Truth from error to be society's guardians of morality is crucial in these latter days, and we depend upon you to teach others to do likewise. Let me be very clear about this. If the world loses the moral rectitude of its women, the world will never recover. I'd forgotten about that. And... Um, I just makes me want to cry because it's 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 happening mm -hmm. yeah it's very profound and then the next one uh 27 so wait go back to leslie what what impressions did you get about that how i mean how do we make a difference i guess that's why i feel like i want to cry because i'm i'm not certain um that we haven't gone too far down that slippery slope. Um, 
I'm not, you're all, well, you're, you're not our age, Cameron, but. <laughs> I'm up there. I discovered ear hairs today and I'm pretty upset about it. <laughs> um, I still see women that adore their, their children and their families. I work with a couple of families and, and that is a whole life. They still work, but they adore their families and everything is about their family. So if they're not working, they're hands on with their kids and their kids are, um, this one family I work with, just beautiful. I mean, just, just beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I don't know, what do, what do we do? We just love our families and we love families around us. And um, we yeah. look, look for places to mentor and bring in for game night or whatever, where we can make a difference. For sure. I think this talk is crucial into um, uh, buoying up the, the women of the church and realizing the power and privileges and, and all that that is there, because I think it kind of ties back to the, uh, the Isaiah parallels, right, where we have the super evil wicked in the world contrasted with the, the super righteous in the world. And at the end times, the, the righteous rise because the wicked fall, right? And they're in uh, complete contrast to each other. And so, you know, it's um, if the world loses the moral rectitude of its women, the world will never recover. But that doesn't include Zion. I mean, uh, Zion's in opposition to that. And so as we do um, counteract that in uh, our obedience to the covenants and, and things, I think that, that we can um, be in the world, but not of the world, because here it's talking that the world is losing that moral rectitude of its women kind of a thing, you know? And, and I, think, Go ahead, Leslie. I think 27 is partly answers that it says, um, whether by exhortation, we need your voice teaching the doctrine of Christ, we need your input in family, ward, state councils. I think as we speak up, we can help strengthen women that maybe um, don't even know that they are um, on that slippery slope. That can be a strength to them if we if we do speak up in in loving, but um, maybe not firm, but decided ways to to help to be that anchor. Yeah. Um, we have a platform that we can speak on that people can hear us too. So I use Facebook a lot. I've been pretty out there with it. And I think every time I say something, you know, here comes my star and I'll be on the train. <laughs> uh, you need to do, I need to still speak out. Yeah, for sure. Like in verse 16, um, he says, now a little word of warning, there are those who would undermine your ability to call upon the power of God. And there are some who would have you doubt yourself and minimize your stellar spiritual capacity as righteous women. Like, um, you know, as a, a prophet offering a, a word of warning there, that, um, that that may come from within or without the church. And uh, there, you know, that's been a, a pattern for all ages, right? That, um, that there's those that are, are 
ready and ready to pounce on that uh, undermining the ability. And so as we rise above that, we can uh, eliminate that, that doubt and, and rise to the capacities, the, the privileges that are ours. I would say the adversary does that to me more than any mortal yeah. being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. We had an interesting question in our um, discussion in the Relief Society today. The, the discussion leader or teacher or whatever you want to call her said, um, from zero to 100, what percentage do you feel your worth is? And don't answer out loud, but just think about that. And so she went on to talk and it was about grace. And um, um, anyway, we are all 100%, no matter what anybody else thinks, we are children of God. And she closed like that. That was just really powerful. And um, I think sharing that with other people, I mean, we are all 100%. We're not less. And we don't need to do anything to make ourselves more except just love God. Mm-hmm. I want you to a good thing to remember is that we are all children of God, that we are daughters of Heavenly Father, and we can be examples as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. So I found it very interesting that um, kind of I don't know, all of the verses on, on the second page from like verse eight through 14 here. Um, he goes through some interesting uh, patterns um, talking about his experience there in harmony and uh, with what the Lord instructed Emma. Um, but in, let's see, he says in verse nine, I believe it will change your life. And then verse 10, now you might be saying to yourself, yeah, this sounds wonderful, but how do I do it? How do I draw the Savior's power into my life? And um, verse 11, you won't find this process spelled out in any manual. You know, we, we quote this often, um, but uh, really taking it in this context and everything is, is amazing. You won't find this spelled out in any manual. It's neither quick nor easy. It's spiritually invigorating. And... Um, Anyway, he's basically saying, I can't tell you what it is, but in verse 12, what I can tell you is that accessing the power of God in your life requires the same things that the Lord instructed Emma and each of you to do. And so, I mean, that's the very definition of a mystery, right? He's like, even as prophet of the whole world here, I can't tell you what this is, how to do this. There isn't a, a manual for this. This isn't something that can come over the pulpit. But what I can tell you is to go study Emma in section 25 of the Doctrine and Covenants and discover for yourself what the Holy Ghost will teach you. Well, and, it says in verse 6 what those things are. To expound the scriptures, exhort the church, receive the Holy Ghost, to spend her time in learning much. Mm-hmm. Buy the things of this world and seek for the things of a better. Hold fast to your covenants. And, um, and this is my voice unto all. Yeah. And so that Emma is this type, right? Um, where if we can look to her and her life, her counsel, and uh, the things that, that she is learning, that this is my voice unto all. And so uh, it's a very interesting study. Uh, 
you know, many, many took that challenge and, and went and studied Doctrine and Covenants 25 um, prayerfully and were, were taught by the Holy Ghost. And some have yet to, to do that, but it's a very profound, deep study that is, is definitely worthy of our time. I think we'll, we'll go through that a lot as we uh, study uh, School of the Prophets, because the School of the Prophets, we're studying the like male side of things, but we'll also study the, the Relief Society and uh, Section 25 as we go through that process as well, because they're very much in tandem with the things that they're learning and the, um, the growth that is happening on, on both sides. Well, the bottom of verse seven, it says um, right there, the restoration of the priesthood along with um, the Lord's counsel to Emma can guide and bless each of you. How I yearn for you to understand the restoration of the priesthood just is just as relevant to you as a woman as it is to any man because, because a Melchizedek priesthood has been restored. Both covenant keeping women and men and men and women have access to all the spiritual blessings of the church, or we might say to all the spiritual treasures the Lord has for his children. Mm -hmm. There's any men or women training. There's not any men or women training, just the men needed special attention at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, this, this access and, and power to God and everything is um, so potent. And here, of all of the things he could be discussing, you know, like last conference in the, uh, the one that we studied last anyway, um, he's, uh, I don't know, it's just an interesting transition. Like, this is what he chooses to, to talk about in October 2019. Um, uh, especially in conjunction with um, these other talks, the second great commandment and, and the closing remarks. But I mean, what powerhouse of a talk. I think this is probably like hands down my, <laughs> I say favorite talk. No, because uh, there's one other one. But this is my second favorite talk of his of all time. Like this is where it's at. And, and if we'll take time to, to research the footnotes, I think that there's immense power and revelation that can come through it. This is a lockdown conference too. This is what? The lockdown conference. So this is the one, and we went into lockdown in like March or February, March, right before, right before conference. So this is. Yeah, yeah this the is the last one where there's a full audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Cameron, mm -hmm. I think we should read verse 14. Yeah. It says part of this endeavor will require you to put aside many things of this world. Sometimes we speak almost casually about walking away from the world with its contention, pervasive temptations, and false philosophies. But truly doing so requires you to examine your life meticulously and regularly. I mean, you know, we all want to know what we need to do. And here he's telling us, that we need to examine our lives meticulously and regularly. And as you do so, the Holy Ghost will prompt you about what is no longer needful, what is no longer worthy of your time and energy. Yeah. Like maybe we don't need to go to Hobby Lobby as often, or, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love the examples that people pull out. That's, that's a good one. I love it. <laughs> 
Okay, well, when you were talking, when you were reading that, Janet, I thought of the monkeys, how they, you know, comb through with their fingers, the hair of other monkeys to get the little in insects and picking them out. That's, that's very meticulous. And I think we're tempted to go, no, I don't, I don't want to see that part of me or that, that I, we don't, I don't need to change that, but really I bet if, I bet if we were to do it often enough and regular, you know, it would, it would get, it would be a blessing. Um, it would feel always like a, other than a, well, it's, it's not very comfortable <laughs> to, have, <laughs> to have the Holy Ghost. And for some reason lately, this has really been happening to me. To have the Holy Ghost show you parts of your personality that you need to shape up on. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, um, but he says, you know, that the Holy Ghost will be with you and you'll and you'll be able to change those things but it's not it's not fun it's you i look at myself and i go oh my gosh i'm really really terrible <laughs> <laughs> isn't it an interesting process and aren't we grateful that this is not spelled out in a manual right that this is some one-on-one -on -one time with the holy ghost figuring this stuff out for ourselves right and um because it, it, it's interesting everybody is led to different avenues at different times and in different ways right like you know i it might be too personal to to share or anything but um like what things have you uh, been able to to give up or uh, been prompted to um things that are no longer needful uh, no longer worthy of your time and energy um there's many things that throughout the different conference talks that President Nelson has um, mentioned, hey, maybe you get rid of this. Uh, this might be something that you need to, to take a break from. Uh, this might be another uh, line that uh, is, is, it's time to, to grow up from kind of thing. You know, as we read um, through Avraham Gileadi stuff and uh, those uh, the fleeing Babylon chapters, right? And, and all of the different things that um, sometimes can really be such a part of our lives, yet when we take an honest, good look and assessment at ourselves, it's like, oh, okay, maybe I, I need to, um, to change that in order to receive higher blessings. Um, in my neighborhood, there's a group of women who get together and quilt. And I'm not, I don't think it's a bad thing, mm -hmm. but I know women who spend hours and hours piecing quilts and they, and I guess this is very judgmental. They are not awake, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that as women, sometimes we escape into hobbies like that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, this is going to sound really judgy, but I'm trying not to <laughs> have it come off that way. But, you know, I uh, just talking about uh, book clubs, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm, uh, I facilitate a, a book club and we, we talk about this book and that book and they're like, oh, that's boring. Like, why don't you do like romance novels and stuff? Like we would join that. And I'm like, <laughs> 
yeah, but is that worthy of, of our time <laughs> kind of a thing? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know? there, there are a lot of um, my high school girlfriends want do a book club and the books they read, read are very secular. Mm-hmm. And they're just very hollow compared to the books we read. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds judgy, but it's true. Yeah, the yeah, so, authors in our ward. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, try that one on. <laughs> yep. And so it's kind of interesting of like, what is entertainment and what's its purpose? You know, if it's uplifting, if it's worthy of our time kind of a thing versus, I mean, and it's not for everyone at any given point in time, you know, like I, it took me a while <laughs> to, to get on board with this, but like, uh, I finally learned how to, to not, um, uh, press my expectations onto other people. Like what the Lord and Holy Ghost were uh, prompting me to do is not what is being prompted to other people at any given time, right? And and not holding them to that same standard and not trying to elevate myself and look down on people because they're oh, not living a, a higher law kind of a thing, right? And so there's that, that whole adjustment, that attitude adjustment that we have to have that pride can easily enter in as we are being instructed to let things go and and always keeping that in balance and check that we are are ministering to others throughout the whole process without any judgment and um with totally pure and good intentions uh flowing from this whole exercise um so that we do become like emma and and her generosity and everything through uh throughout her life um Anyway, I found that a very interesting, uh, it's an interesting balance. And again, how it says, you won't find this process spelled out in any manual. This is something that we have to learn um, (laughs) trial and error and uh, going through the the Holy Ghost and through the Spirit to to labor with the Lord in in these different things. You know, one thing that was really almost life-changing for me, it was when Darlene said she was getting rid of all her little collections. I thought that was so cool. <laughs> I mean, that, I thought of a lot about that. And that, so what a great influence that was on me. Well, I was told by the Holy Ghost to do so. And uh, I wouldn't want to go back either. But look at all the re- repercussions from it too, right? I mean, oh, yeah. family thought you were absolutely nuts and you lost it. <laughs> but, a lot of them were probably gifts from family too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That must have been difficult. I kind of wonder too, um, how many of us have been kind of pushed to be, to turn that way because of trials? Like, I don't know about you guys, but. I was pretty much watching Grey's Anatomy and <laughs> Netflix. Yeah, I, I can pretty much quote any episode at any time. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was pretty bad until about 2017 when the adversary, there's just too many things going wrong. And that's the only place I could find peace was to dive into, you know, scripture and talks and, um, that's the first time I read one of John Pontius's books and that was such a huge um, kind of a wake up to me 
and then just taking the prophet's words like more literally to my life and so i wonder how many of us were not just listening to the prophet going oh i think i'll throw everything out but it's like we didn't really have a choice like okay we're thrown into the dungeon like <laughs> nothing else is gonna put salve on this sore but christ and what you know completely plunge your life into that because that actually felt good where nothing else really satisfied the wound you know i don't know i'm just thinking about that yeah i've been thinking about that the whole time as we've been talking about this that we have i mean the lord still gave us coping mech i think he did anyway coping mechanisms so that we you know can maneuver through life and then we learn a better way and then we can move higher and higher up and so you know as members of the church we don't um we may not have as many of the uh, as a high percentage of the um you know drinking smoking those sorts of things that people regularly use as coping mechanisms and um so i yeah I just, I think we can't really be um, too hard on ourselves or anybody else because uh, I've turned to a piece of chocolate for comfort <laughs> and all that. So, you know, you know that, that must be like seraphim level stuff when you have to give that up because I, I'm not there yet. <laughs> it, it's all relative. Yeah. All through this, I've been thinking, we know, and even if we're at a book club with other people that don't know, we could still be a good, good influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and so... You know, it's such a contrast when you read a secular book and... And one of the books we've been reading, there's just such a stark contrast. The spirit is so vibrant. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when you're learning and, and uh, working with the Lord and, and stuff, I, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I agree with Leslie. Sometimes it's coping mechanisms. Like there for a while in, in my youth, like I needed... Um, that entertainment, it, it was something that kind of made me me or whatever have you. But uh, when the Lord was ready to um, rebirth me, <laughs> for lack of a better word, it's like, now I, I don't need those things, but I, I not judging anyone for, for needing those things in, in their part of their journey. But, but now it's like, I, I just can't go back. You know, there's, I, there's, different blessings and things that I recognize now that I, I just wouldn't kind of return to. Although, you know, I mean, <laughs> we all have our, our lapses and, and different things. Every once in a while, YouTube will just get me and it'll suck me into something entertaining. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is stupid. <laughs> yeah. A lot of that is time wasters and how can we spend our time better? Like mm -hmm. I, the hours that I used to spend on TV is ridiculous. And like now, you know, I filled it with things that are like family search and different things, you know, I'm accomplishing something rather than just 
filling my head full of all that stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I left a lot of points on on my farm and all my little animals. <laughs> yep. I, I tell you what, I am so glad that I was not raised with video games because uh, I can't even remember what year that was, mother, but um, my sister brought this like farming video game. Uh, I can't even remember exactly what it was called, but like seriously, I didn't go moon. yeah, Harvest Moon or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go to bed for like two full days. Like I just kept going round the clock farming, 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 and it was so addicting. And I was like, <laughs> After she left, I was like, what was that? I don't even, I can't even explain it, but I have nothing. I can't go and get that time back. Like I, it could have been done doing so many different things. And it's like, okay, there's a definite danger. <laughs> yeah, at least it was just two days. But like, I can definitely understand people's addictions to, to video games or whatever. But I mean, like, it was so crazy to me how I, I just got zapped by it. Um, so I've, I've made it a definite personal goal never to even touch another video game as long as I live. Yeah. Remember me and Digger? <laughs> <laughs> Digger on the old computers, yep. <laughs> All my animals had Book of Mormon names, though. Yeah, <laughs> you named it good. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Never mind. <not. laughs> my word was okay. It's just one word a day. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyway, this is such an, a, a powerful chapter. So what have you all learned either from the time that this talk was given or uh, now with, with retrospect and everything, what are the spiritual treasures and what are the, the gifts of priesthood power that you all have received or seen in others and are experiencing in your lives? Because uh, I think that this is, is very transformative once we realize these concepts and get tutored by uh, the Holy Ghost in these things. What are, are you guys seeing? That's a great question, but let's just go back to 26 and read that one. Is that 20? It was sorry in the, in the Holy Temple. You are authorized. You are authorized to perform and officiate priesthood ordinances every time you attend. Your endowment prepares you to do so. And it was interesting. I heard someone say that men need to be ordained to the priesthood to do these ordinances, but women do not need to be ordained to do these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like in an initiatory, we we ordain uh, the the deceased brethren uh, to the office of elder, and so yeah, that's an interesting contrast there. So I think just um, what has brought my you know my attention from this and my studies is the um, the blessings and opportunities that we have as women with the priesthood <clears throat> and. And it's equal. We're, we are not inferior. It is equal. Mm -hmm. and beautiful and needed and much needed. Yeah. Yeah, I think studying like this talk in conjunction with the family proclamation and, and listing out all of those different ways that, that we work together, male and female, I think it's, it's huge. You know, um, one thing I did when I reread this talk is in addition to section 25, he, he counsels us to study section 84 and 107. 
So I did go through those again. And they there are absolutely amazing scriptures in both those sections of the Doctrine and Covenants. Yeah. I print all three of those out and I've just gone through them. I've done the color coding, like and blocked them off, and then I've rewritten this the section, what it means. And but I'm grateful to have those pointed out. Remember years ago, someone said, um, study Matthew 24 and DNC 45. And that just like really stuck in my head. I'm like, all right, all right, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it when someone points me in that direction. Yeah. For sure. Like Doctrine and Covenants is just like so crucial in, in so many ways. Like all of the different sections can really um, lead us along the path. I mean, all, all scripture are great and stuff, but like, look at a lot of the challenges that, that President Nelson is issuing for like specific studies is coming from the Doctrine and Covenants. Like, yes, uh, he issues the, the challenge to read the whole Book of Mormon by the end of the year because I, there's very transformative power in there and everything. Um, but when we're needing to uh, to realize our personal growth and potential and, and things like that, um, those those pioneer sections are uh, very crucial for us to, to internalize and study and uh, be led by the Holy Ghost through, I think. And the Doctrine and Covenants is the voice of the Lord directly. Yeah. I liked how this talk helped help me to understand. I've always I had wondered before how women could do what they do in the temple. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I've I've told you this before, but when the temple president set me apart to be a temple worker after he finished blessing me. He looked at me and he said, I want you to understand that you hold the priesthood. Mm -hmm. And what power that, that must have had for you at that time. Like, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome to, to have the power to perform those ordinances. Yeah. When I worked in the temple, um, Nobody said anything like that to me, but as I was like learning and doing the anointing, the oil and the initiatory, I I couldn't do this without the priesthood. I have to have the priesthood, you know? Mm -hmm. It started registering in my mind and that's been a few years back, but I was like, yeah, it, it just has to be. Mm -hmm. Remember, it was probably like 2014, 2015, um, but I had, I don't know why my brain didn't even register anything. Um, but anyway, I just assumed that for the, the Washington anointings that, I don't know, that some men went over and, and performed those ordinances for the women. You know, I had no idea what went on the other side of the temple. But um, anyway, and then my mom was saying like, oh yeah, and uh, she just, uh, was stumbling across her words that day and I'm like she women do this <laughs> and, and it was like blowing my mind I was like holy cow that's so cool like I had no idea up until that point that uh, women were officiating in the actual laying on of hands ordinance type stuff and um, anyway that was like a huge um, confirming witness to me of of the importance of 
receiving the priesthood in the temple, being endowed with power and all of that, everything. And my, my mind was just swimming for, for a long time of like how true that was. And I don't know, all my just assumptions, I, <laughs> I had no idea that that was the case. Think about it, Cameron, men and women make the same covenants in the temple. Yeah. All, all individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just had never put two and two together. You know, I, I think that those are kind of like uh, whatever you're, you have at like traditions or whatever, or, or assumptions that, that we might have and how those get corrected over time. But, and uh, looking at the, the words of each ordinance, as we're going through uh, the, the endowment, I was like, oh, of course they would. Like, uh, this is this is what it's meaning. And it doesn't differentiate men. You have the power to, to officiate in the ordinances now. It's, it's, it's everyone that's this in this company and uh, progressing through all of that. Anyway, it was just an interesting one for me. I hate to admit that sometimes because it makes me look like really chauvinist, but I just had never, <laughs> I just kind of assumed or I don't know, but anyway, it was very enlightening. And there are differences in the wording in the initiatory ordinances from men and women. Yeah. Sometimes I go get a card and read the differences. Maybe I shouldn't do that, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't see one now. <laughs> but I yeah. wonder that is there a lot of difference? Um, there, there is some significant differences. Yes, mm-hmm. I, it's mostly just in like two main parts, as far as I. But like, I mean, the differences are huge. Um, but anyway, it's very interesting to to and. I didn't fully realize that it kind of lists that out in the actual endowment proper when you're going through. It kind of tells what the differences are. Um, you just kind of have to be paying attention to, to what it's saying, but it says that the men have done this and the women have done this. Okay. Even though you don't get the full. Let's please raise in her hand. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Laura, what were you going to say? Carmen, have you read the woman's card for initiatories? Yeah, I finally did. <laughs> and, and, like, just ask for that to see that then? How, how does that, how did you do that? Well, I guess I didn't like see the card. I just had my mom recite it to me when we were in the celestial room once. I think you have to be a temple worker to mm-hmm. check out a card. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I would assume so. Yeah. But like, it, one time I asked the, the temple sealer if I could, when they changed the, the wording in 2019, I asked the temple sealer, can I just like glance at it one time? You know, I'm just kind of like a visual person. Once I see it, I can get it kind of thing. Anyway, and so he let me read the card and the changes and stuff. And I was like, okay, but that's the only time I've ever actually seen a card, I think. Well, no, I seen the, the male initiatory card once. But anyway, yeah. I, distinct differences between men and women though as outlined in the proclamation to the family and in verse 21 of this talk it says from the dawning of time women have been blessed with a unique moral compass the ability to distinguish right from wrong this gift is enhanced in those who make and keep covenants and it diminishes in those who willfully ignore the commandments of God. But I've heard different authors say 
And I think even President Nelson said at one time that women were more, how can I say this without, we're more spiritual, the end. <laughs> Is that <Yeah>. true? <laughs> so much so <laughs> as a general population and stuff i mean because like person by person you know it can vary a lot but yeah in in generalities especially like uh, of course yeah women just get it <laughs> it takes me a long time but um and l says that doesn't todd mclaughlin talk about the difference yeah he does in his uh, uh interview there and in uh on his website uh, he has lots of different uh, articles about the differences there in the initiatory stuff um, but yeah, <laughs> sorry, Leslie. <laughs> sorry to keep your hand up in the air for so long. <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, in your defense, Cameron, um, years ago, we, as a ward, we ran our own um, endowment. And yeah. so us, some of us were veil workers. And so we were set apart. And the president um, told us like you hold the priesthood just like Dan um, Janet's did and then then he also said but don't tell anyone and so for years my had no clue that um, that that was the case so when when I started hearing it talked about I was like oh I'm so glad this is not a secret anymore <laughs> <laughs> I never really understood why it was a secret I mean he told all of us sisters to not to not tell, but so we we didn't. But I thought that was very interesting. Uh, yeah, go figure. Um, so that I, in verse eighteen um, about Satan and his minions will constantly contrive roadblocks, and then it goes down and he's um, unfortunately some of the uh, the roadblocks may be the result of another's misbehavior. It grieves me to think that any of you have felt marginalized or have not been believed by a priesthood leader or have been abused or betrayed by a husband, father, or supposed friend. I feel deep sorrow that any of you have felt sidelined, disrespected, or misjudged. Such offenses have no place in the kingdom of God. And I, um, when I heard that and when I reread it, I, um, that just did some healing to my soul for the prophet of God to care because for a good portion of my life, there wasn't any men who, um, you know, when my husband was off in the weeds, he, there wasn't anybody that really cared, um, had a heart for that sort of thing. And um, I'm so proud of our men nowadays because I feel like they're um things are just better now I feel like I feel like there's more sensitivity more understanding more realization that like I was raped when I was 20 I could not tell anyone because that was back in the era I felt like I couldn't tell anybody when it was always the woman's fault if there, would, if there was a rape that occurred. I didn't even tell my own husband that I had been raped until we had been married 20 years. And um, I can, I do not understand exactly how a prophet's words like that can heal. Maybe he prayed for the Lord to 
have healing occur of anybody that heard those things, but I can bear testimony that it, it did do healing. There's already, you know, there's already been a lot of healing, but that was just a, a, mm-hmm. a first thing up. And I thought I need to read those more often and, yeah. you know, finish healing, um, from the wounds that, that I've encountered. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, mm-hmm. Which brings up an excellent point. Like, we know that there's healing throughout scripture, right? You know, but uh, the healing that can happen from our, our current prophet and, and apostles and, and things like that is so powerful. Thank you. Real. But yeah, I, <laughs> uh, like you said, I think that there has been a lot of changes um, just within the, the mindset of uh, the <laughs> male population kind of um, as we've uh, talked about the last two conferences, but have we done three now? I can't remember where we're at, but anyway, like men, we can do better and be better. Like we can do this. We we've got this. We can, there's things that need changing. And I think many have uh, risen to the occasion, uh, even though there may still be a lot of progress left to, to go, but, um, that we're all waking up to our, our situations and, and coming out of kind of this deep slumber that, that we have, this apathy that, that we've experienced in life. <laughs> mom's pointing. I look up mom's pointing and Laura's laughing at her. What's going on? Did I miss something? <laughs> well, look at me. I have this glow. Light. Oh. This glow. But it's she amazing. asked if it was sun and I pointed at the window. It's coming in on the oh, yeah. filter. <laughs> You so thought I, maybe I was getting translated or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of these days, somebody's going to get translated in one of our groups right before our eyes. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Won't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That was funny. I was, just was funny. I was reading the, the chat and I didn't know it was directly to me. And so I'm like, what is that talking about? And then when I realized it was me and I look over here, oh yeah, that is sin. <laughs> Isn't that so fun when the time changes and like, I don't know, like the 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 dusk and dawn uh, moments or whatever just seem so much brighter. And I don't know, it, it's, it's very interesting uh, when the time changes. I it just sparks something within you. It's like time for spring. It's a, a rebirth kind of season almost. Well, you can finally see that winter is coming to an end. It's, it's yep. going to get out of that really cold and <laughs> all that stuff, which is fun for a while, but ooh, yep. it drags on. <laughs> It's interesting on um, the end of 32, it says the temple is where you will receive your highest spiritual treasures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like how many different little side notes that he has in here. Um, Like uh, now a little word of warning or... um, Where's the, the next one? Now, may I clarify several additional points? And uh, just kind of, um, it's such a comprehensive talk. It, it pulls in lots of different thoughts and uh, things to, to clarify and, and urge and entreat. Um, there's many different prophetic things throughout this whole 
uh, talk. I really need to to take like what uh, Laura shared last time, like all of the the admonitions and uh, prophetic things out of all of the talks or whatever, and and really do that for this one. I haven't had time to to do that yet, but man, it's such a powerful one. And like the fact that he chose this talk to announce the the temples. Usually he does that as as a body of the church, right? But um, he announces these. What was it? Eight temples uh, this time like that that's kind of huge wasn't the family proclamation also read in in a women's session as well back in 1995 uh, it, it, it's very interesting and that we're coming up upon another one uh, here in in this april conference we're gonna have another women's session even though they had previously announced that they were kind of disbanding those, those different ones Um, but verse 28 there, my dear sisters, your power will increase as you serve others. And then this list, your prayers, fasting, time in the scriptures, service in the temple, and family history work will open the heavens to you. I mean, that that says a lot, even though it's it's pretty plain and, and everything. Uh, I, I love that. that what verse is that? 28. And I liked in verse 17, where he says, um, Satan certainly does not want you to understand that every time you worthily serve and worship in the temple, you leave armed with God's power and his angels having charge over you. So I think that's a really important way we can use our time wisely Yes. To help gather Israel on both sides of the veil is just going to the temple. Yes, for sure. And and how crafty Satan is to try to dissuade that, right? Uh, he does not want you to understand that. Um, and he works uh, very hard at destroying families and destroying uh, gender roles and, and, and the power that we have when we go to the temple. Um, and even he puts little roadblocks in our way. To, to, you know, sometimes it's really hard to get to the temple because all these things, all this commotion, you know, comes up. And, and sometimes just in our minds about different things and stuff, you just have to push through all that and just get there mm -hmm. yep. he uses that word roadblocks in 20 19 or 20 satan as minions and that one he uses roadblocks so mm -hmm. yeah. hey laura yeah um you said you had a list of pres of things president N that you had compiled yeah. of things president nelson had asked us to do and you were going, are you going to post that or are you going to send that to me personally? <laughs> <laughs> Did I send it to you, Cameron? Didn't I send it to you? Uh, yeah. Cameron was going to send it out to everyone. That would be my fault. Yes. Um, well, it's never too late. Go ahead and do it now. Yeah. <laughs> Did I share it with you or just I just sent you a copy? Let me make sure I share it so that 
we can add to it. Yes. Um, so it's President Nelson's homework assignments. Yeah. Could I share it or just give you a copy? Uh, let me see. Yeah. So you had shared it. And so I can open it up in uh, Google Docs. Okay. So yeah. go ahead and share it with everyone. And then if you all want to add to it anytime, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me. I'm sure it's lengthy enough. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'll, I'll also email that out right after class today. Mommy might have to remind me, but I'll make sure to do that. But yeah, all of his homework assignments from all of the different conference talks. What do I need to do to share that though? So it's each person will have to send me an email or something and then they'll have to accept it or how does that work? Um, let's see. So as permission is updated. So everyone that um, I put the link in the chat here, um, with that link, you'll be able to edit and, and annotate it. So I don't need to do anything? Yeah, you shouldn't need to, no. And I'll email out that same link um, as, as an edit. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, and add to it, please. I would love to hear and see. And there's things in here that I'm like, oh, wait, wait, there's stuff I didn't catch on this one. Mm -hmm. And most of those were just kind of from my head. And, and then I would just like kind of search it. So it's not even his words. And then you mentioned it would be really neat if it was the talk in the time. So if somebody mm -hmm. wants to do that, that'd be really cool too. But they're not, they're not in any order or they're just things that were touched on my heart that I pulled out and put in a document because I needed to see it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Let's see. I like the blessing he leaves with the sisters. He says, I would like to leave a blessing upon you that you may understand the priesthood power with which you have been endowed. So we do have the priesthood and that you will augment that power by exercising your faith in the Lord and in his power. Yeah. So anytime a prophet leaves a blessing, we should perk up and listen to them. Right, yeah. It's amazing how often um, I've noticed that with President Nelson, like uh, how often he's leaving uh, a blessing upon us as, as groups or individuals and um, what those contain. Uh, I don't know if I just was kind of blind before, but it doesn't seem like prophets in the past did it that often as, as President Nelson does. Um, but studying these talks kind of back to back, uh, kind of see some of those, those powerful blessings being uh, uh, pronounced or, or uh, endowed. Can I ask a, a question? So the, the first time I went to the temple was in, I think, 89. And then I didn't go back for 10 years. But when I went back, it was significantly different. Was anything ever said about why it was different? They didn't mention a lot of it like they do now with, with changes and stuff. Um, it was just 
changed and uh, ratified in uh, state conference and well, I mean, it was supposed to. I, I heard that it didn't make it around to all state conferences, but um, that they, they made that change and then, um, uh, yeah, didn't explain it at all, <laughs> really. But, you know, I'm of the younger generation. I've only <laughs> heard uh, secondhand some of that. Was that a big deal, Jenna, when that happened? Or Darlene, do you, you remember when that happened? <laughs> Which change are you referring to about? In the, the endowment, the um, tokens and signs are completely different. Oh, uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if the tokens were the signs are. Mm -hmm. I uh, think like probably. All the penalties taken out. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, the tokens and signs have not changed. Yeah. The, the penalties have been removed. That's. Is that what it was? Is it just penalties? The penalties are gone? Yes. They, they modified lots of things, like they took out the preacher and, and modified a lot of the, the up and down and all that. But um, as far as the tokens and signs, those have stayed the same. There's been little changes here and there, all a lot. They changed the veil as well. And Sorry, what was that? They changed the veil as well. Not mm. the veil, the approach. Yeah. Yeah, there's been several changes. And it's interesting to, to know, I, you know, uh, I've been kind of like this temple nerd lately and stuff, but um, like the actual veil in all of the temples was was modified this last year. And uh, it, if you'll, I don't know, I don't know, just noticing the, um, the difference that that has happened there with mm -hmm. the different marks on it. I thought it was just our temple, like, you know, because we went through a renovation. And so um, I, I figured, oh, we just ordered a new veil and it looks a little bit different. But I noticed uh, last night in Logan's that it was also modified. And I'm like, oh, maybe they did this in all the temples. I was in the temple last night. Oh, really? I, what? Yes, I miss you. <laughs> we were in Logan. Yeah. What time but, were you there? We were there for the seven o'clock endowment. Oh, I went to the two. I went to the two thirty endowment, so I was there in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll have to coordinate next time. It was in North Carolina time, so maybe yeah. at the same time. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know it's a difference. So I'm gonna have to really look. Dang it! There's always something new to look at. I, it's interesting. Well, it's just mainly to do with. You know the the general things are the same, and they'll always be the same. Mm -hmm. But the, like for convenience, you know, they used to say this is here. I'll have to send you something. Hold on a second. Let me send this to Cameron in an email, and then Cameron, you can post it. Mm -hmm. This is super cool. So I'm tying together Egypt, and now they tie they tie China into it. <laughs> I was like, this is so cool. Why isn't this loading? I am a small business owner. Um. Oh my heck, this is amazing, Cameron. Okay, Cameron, here it comes. There's no words to it. You might even want to play it. It's eight minutes. You want to play it and talk through it? 
It has no words, but you want me to talk through it? Yeah, there's no words. Okay. Copy that here. All right, this is the YouTube video that she's mentioned. Yeah, to turn Sorry. the music. Just a second. Um, just mute it, and just there's no there's no talking. This is music, and it's annoying. <laughs> this will be the the perfect test if my screen sharing will actually work this time so it's been like on the fritz lately every time i screen share it like breaks zoom for some reason but yeah let me open this up really quick let's see what we got if you were struggling to lose <laughs> ads. <laughs> ads are so crazy these days i never know i can never like play it in church or anything you know i'm like ah i'm so sorry for that one this was a very <laughs> Weird ad. Just a second. Okay, so you guys can see my screen then. It's just black. Yeah. Change views. It's interesting how much Egypt plays into uh, a lot of our endowment stuff.
Yeah, that was really cool. Um, just like, where did that go? There's some things I don't understand, but. Sorry. <laughs> All of a sudden it like flew off my screen and I couldn't find where it went. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, a lot of uh, interesting tie-ins and, and things. That's one of the better videos that I've seen with those specific four shapes being brought together in different configurations to, to spell out lots of the, the different symbols that we see through lots of different cultures and stuff. I love that. Yeah, I didn't do a, a great job narrating that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy taking it in. Yeah, yeah there's a lot to, to observe absorb and um and there's 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 some things that I don't I don't understand. But mm. that's okay. yeah. yeah. A, a fun study there. Right. It's interesting that like I I don't know. It, I've never really studied the the Chinese, uh, ancient Chinese versions of those things, but uh, interesting how he had the square and she had the compass. And um, anyway, that, that's such an interesting piece uh, of art there. As we were reading the Abraham book uh, way back when, remember <laughs> when we were just fledgling friends back then? Um, but it talked about how uh, Noah was the one that, that goes over and uh, with with his son and, and kind of founds over there and that that Buddha uh, is that that representation of Noah and how they would have got all of that knowledge and uh, interesting endowment uh, motifs throughout their religion. So cool. I'm gonna have to, to watch that a, a few more times and just kind of take notes and uh, internalize some of those. Yeah. Um, anything else uh, from this talk or otherwise that uh, you want to talk about before we end for the night? Uh, something that just was popping out on the page for me from verse 21, uh, going back to, to women having been blessed with that unique moral compass. Um, and how that's the, the female um, symbolism throughout uh, those things that we just watched there. That unique moral compass. I've got a question. It's, <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know if I dare. Um, just looking at the time, <clears throat> the the quote from Brigham Young at the end of that video. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That I'm going to go back to that because I screenshot. <laughs> or do you have it right in front of you, Cameron? Oh, I don't have it anymore. Sorry. Um, it, says I when, it says when Christ again visits this earth, the Gentiles will be as much mistaken in regard to his second advent as the Jews were in, I, I didn't catch the end, but, but his time or something like that, yeah. I'm guessing. Do you suppose when he's referring to Gentiles, he's talking about, you know, we're Gentiles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so which Gentiles is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting one. Uh, 
when the Lord was like waking me up or whatever, he's like, you're going to miss Christ if you don't start paying attention. And I was like, what? I'm, I'm a member of the church. What are you talking about? Like, of course, I'm going to recognize Christ when he comes again or whatever. But uh, we're at the, in the same danger of not recognizing him as the, the Jews of his time were. Like, those were the covenant people. Yet, uh, because of their philosophies of man, traditions, and all of that, they, they missed it. And so uh, safeguarding our, ourselves against it by, by learning kind of specifically what this talk is, is getting at here, right? learning exactly who we are, what privileges we have, and how to draw upon the two different gifts that are received in the endowment, as verse 8 says, that we receive a gift of God's priesthood power, and we also receive a gift of knowledge to know how to draw upon that power. I think that is going to, to help arm us and uh, open our eyes so that we can be one of the the wise five who do recognize and are prepared fully for when he comes. Five's a pretty high percentage. That's 50%. Yeah. I mean, compared to Michael Rush saying only 2% of the Jews in Christ's day believed. Yeah. So, well, granted, all 10 were believers, but still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gives yeah. me comfort with that. <laughs> yeah, we got this. Um, but yeah, let's see. Wendy had said in the chat um, that there was a lot of truth there and some philosophies of men. Yes. Um, has Tony Young come to talk to the book? Nope. Uh, he got stage fright. I don't know what exactly <laughs> happened there, but um, uh, he is gathering lots of information. He said he's going to send it to me, but he just doesn't want to be on video at all or anything like that. So anyway, I haven't got to talk to him. Uh, <laughs> since it's been kind of an interesting roller coaster with him but you know uh, he, he's a busy guy i totally get it <laughs> i sometimes with uh, some of that kind of information i might not necessarily want to be out on uh, any kind of video being quoted or anything too i don't know anyway i'll i'll keep in touch with him see what we got but um yeah for for the time being just kind of postponed <laughs> indefinitely <laughs> who knows Truly sad because he's he's an awesome guy. He knows so many things. Just my one uh, chat with him, and I think he's open to, to chatting with anyone one on one. If you want to hit him up on Facebook and stuff, uh, he's more than willing to to talk about it. He shares amazing stuff. Yeah, I have a hard time like, friends with him up just with so it. I can see what he posts, and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's mind blowing what he posts. Yeah. yeah, it's too bad you can't get him just to come. He wouldn't have to put his camera on just. To share his knowledge and share his screens uh-huh. would be yeah. awesome. Just it's amazing to, how many times that we've set up a meeting and he always just like chicken because he doesn't. I don't put my face on. So. <laughs> like fifteen minutes before, he's like, "I'm so sorry, I just can't." And I'm like, Aww. "Okay, like, is it uh, just timing or or what? Or do you need Aww, more, more stuff with it anyway?" And and the last time he's like, "I just I don't want to be." on camera or whatever i'm like oh okay well that's a whole different thing you know like i i get it you know yeah <laughs> not everybody wants to be out there but well maybe he could come to one of our meetings and just talk to us with his camera off like elsa that would be fine I, I would love to hear and share his his screens that would be great talk through it yeah then it that way and not a recording and Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we might be able to do that too, where, you know, we just have a, an extra meeting with him where it's not part of our main book clubs and, and we just don't record it kind of a thing. I can talk to him about that and see if he's open to it. 
but yeah, he's, he's an awesome guy. Are you talking about one of our after parties? Is that what you mean? <laughs> How many <Are> after parties? <laughs> I love our after parties. They're, they're so fun. <laughs> You're too busy during the before parties to chat a lot. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes I overbook myself a little bit, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> this week, like my mom was just barely saying because we're having that retreat this weekend, right? And my mom's like, so you do realize that we're going to have to study like a lot today in order to prepare for Wednesday's book club and for whatever we're presenting at the uh, retreat and for Saturday's book club. Like we have to read a lot today because we're not going to have time the rest of the week. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is, yeah, we got to cram. This is like <laughs> Sunday next week too. Yeah, and Sunday next week too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes I didn't prepare <laughs> for that, but we'll, we'll wing it as always. Right. <laughs> I guess I had one more question about this um, talk. Did you do a chiasma or any other kind of intense I haven't uh, on these ones this week, unfortunately. Okay. My goal okay. is to get those done. <laughs> no, don't no, don't feel any pressure. I just wondered if you if you had. That's all. There's no pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see in the chat. Oh yeah, thank you. So uh, Wendy's going to try to message him and, and let him uh, know that she has some understanding and can support him in his presentation. Yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely it's more knowledge for most of kids. You've been holding back and you're not telling us about them? <laughs> Wendy's super busy with her own life and her own trials and descents. I've just got a lot of people here noisy and and I've been absent from book clubs, so I'm trying not to talk too much. I've, like you said, Cameron, I'm, I went on a 40-day a fast from excess stuff, so it got mm -hmm. done yesterday, so. Oh, fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, that 40-day fast has been coming up a lot in, in lots of different ways, hasn't it, Mom? Like, we've been talking, like, yeah. how many people are, are getting prompted to, to do that? And anyway, yeah. it's been interesting. Just within the last week, it, it's been, like, just every time you turn around. Yeah. Um, so let's see for next week, remind me what week we're on. So we're April, 2020, um, and group A is go forward with faith. Let me screen share that. Um, there's, there's a lot of talks and, you know, we'll probably end up uh, talking uh, a lot about like Hosanna shout and stuff as well. Um, <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff to talk about for April 2020. It, it was one of the major ones for me as far as the Hezekiah story and bringing in Isaiah insights and stuff. Um, but anyway, that go forward with faith is going to be kind of our primary focus and uh, we can branch into the other ones as well. It's interesting to see the, the timing of all these talks and stuff. I don't know. I, I guess I just have like a really bad memory. I, everything just kind of blends together. And uh, it's been super helpful to like study these out conference by conference and seeing yeah. uh, the progression of things. And, um, you know, kind of the talks in between. Um, right before this one, they had like their worldwide tour and the 
the Provo address, the love and laws of God, how important and transformational that was um, in that, that interim between conferences. It really helps kind of bridge some of those uh, conferences together. It's been interesting to study all that. But anyway, yeah, uh, we will catch everyone next week for, for the Go Forward with Faith and and others, whatever you want to bring to the table for, for group A. But yeah, it's been a fun uh, discussion. I'm going to have to uh, go watch those things. And I'll remember to, to email uh, out uh, Laura's uh, study there on uh, his invitations, homework assignments. I'll email that out to each of you straight after. All right. It's been fun. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you later. Good night.